Jesse, thanks for joining again. I really Definitely. Want to, I really want to take some time to dive into Energy Web and discuss everything in detail as far as possible. Um, so let's start with the basics, if that's okay. Let's talk about Energy Web as a company. What exactly do we do? Yes. So Energy Web is a global organization focused on accelerating the energy transition away from an economy that's powered by uh, centralized fossil fuel power plants and towards an economy that's powered by efficiency and renewables. What's different about Energy Web compared to a lot of other organizations that do similar work is that we do that by building this open source technology stack um, and then using that to bring enterprise software solutions to market that are all focused on decarbonization. And since our founding um, back in about 2017, we really started off Energy Web as more of a research and development project um, focused on uh, a more specific question, which was um, how can specifically blockchain and other Web3 technologies be used in that fight, in that mission to accelerate decarbonization? But here, we're here in 2023, and really we as an organization have zeroed in on two very specific sets of problems um, that we solve with our technology. And that's really what our organization is all about. So the first problem is about the grid. Um, basically, I'm sure we have people listening from many different time zones and many different electric markets around the world. Um, basically, the first challenge we solve is that right now the grid is basically balanced by having these large centralized power plants uh, basically ramp their power production up or down to match uh, demand for electricity from all of our devices, from all the buildings that power the economy. Uh, what we're moving to is a world in which instead of using those resources, we can actually use things like electric vehicles, batteries, heat pumps, solar panels, uh, smart inverters, and other devices, network millions, eventually billions of those things together, and use those to balance the grid instead of these large thermal power plants. And in our world, we enable that to happen. We make it possible for some of the world's biggest energy companies to communicate with all of those different devices and for those devices to be able to exchange data with each other in support of that kind of new way of balancing the grid. So that's the first problem we solve as an organization. And then the second one is a little bit different and it's really focused on supply chains. So if you look at the broad umbrella of climate change and the energy transition, there are a number of new products and commodities that are coming to market that are really key to solving climate change. Some examples that we'll speak about more, I think, today, Daniel, are 24-7 matched renewables. I'll explain that concept in a minute. Uh, things like sustainable aviation fuel, so fuel that powers planes that comes from sources other than oil. Um, green steel, so steel made from green power, green hydrogen, hydrogen made from green inputs. All of those different supply chains are new and they really do not have any uniform standard way of being tracked or traced. So that's the second challenge that we solve is providing energy companies with tools to track and trace those new commodities. So that's really the, um, the what of what we do before we talk about tech or anything, that's what we do. Give utilities a different way of communicating with all these devices to balance the grid. And then on the other side, uh, make it easy for market participants to track and trace all of these uh, burgeoning supply chains and products that are key to the energy transition. Awesome. So, so Jesse, let's flip over to technology. You just described two sets of challenges we solve for enterprise customers, specifically these large energy companies in the Energy Web ecosystem. Can you talk about Energy Web's tech stack, like 
with a particular focus on exactly how you use different Web3, uh, Web3 technologies like blockchain? Yes. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the how. Like, how do we actually do that stuff I just talked about? Yeah. And I think that probably matters more for this crowd. I, I, see, I, I see we have a number of technology folks online and folks from the Web3 community. So let's go that direction. So our technology stack is this thing called the Energy Web Decentralized Operating System. And this stack is a combination of multiple open source standards, traditional information technologies, and then multiple Web3 technologies and architectures, including uh, blockchain, cryptocurrency, so in our case, the Energy Web token, and this concept, we'll speak a little bit more about self-sovereign digital identity. And in our world, those are all Web3 technologies um, and concepts. So we've built this stack uh, based on requirements that we've gathered from these different customers over the past five years in our ecosystem. And then what we do is we take that stack and we configure it to run different applications uh, around the world for these different customers. You just asked specifically about Web3 and blockchain. So maybe let's focus it in there. Um, you know, Sometimes I like to say that we spent the past five years experimenting with blockchain and with these different Web3 technologies. And Daniel, I know you've heard me say this before, but I think it's useful for the, the audience. I really feel like we found 200 ways to not use a blockchain. Yeah. And a couple of ways that actually make really, really good business sense. Um, and it's really three ways in particular. So first off, um, we use blockchains as an anchor for digital identities. So if you look at the use cases I described, in our world, um, most of those assets, cars, solar panels, wind farms, uh, people, businesses that we work with, they all get a digital identity that is anchored to a blockchain. And that becomes kind of the source of identity and access management for all these different players to access these software solutions. And, just, and blockchain, yeah. Before you move on, what is a digital identity? Like, could you give yes. some examples? Yeah, so we won't probably, we don't have a ton, ton of time to go into exactly what a self-sovereign identity is. and But basically, we use a standard developed by the W3C consortia, which was one of the consortia really behind, frankly, even the TCP IP protocol on the internet. And they convened around something called the decentralized identifier standard. So this is just a standard for a different um, sort of identity management system, whereby you know, right now, Daniel, if you or I use single sign-on via Google or via Facebook to go on to a vendor's shop to buy something, that identity, right, where we actually click on something and it signs us in, you and I do not control that uh, identity. The other Web2 giants control it. In the example I offered, Google and Facebook. Self-sovereign identity basically flips that on its head. So that's where I own my identity. I have a public-private key pair and the private key of that pair is mine. And I can use that identity to sign transactions, to enable others to get my data on a permission basis. So the concept of self-sovereign identity is really interesting for the energy sector because it has a significant cybersecurity benefit versus the alternative which is basically having a third party be the central point of managing all these different identities, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that's the first kind of uh, use of Web3 tech in our ecosystem is uh, uh, decentralized identifiers or self-sovereign identity anchored to blockchain. The second, I think, and the third actually easier to explain. Um, so the second one is um, we use blockchains and cryptocurrency, again, in our case, the energy web token, to actually just increase the cybersecurity of our entire stack and all of our solutions. So for example, um, this year, 
our solutions are going to be um, connected and powered by these decentralized networks of nodes and all of those networks will have staked energy web tokens against them. And I'll talk more about this topic in just a moment. But at the end of the day, the concept is by connecting our stack and all of the solutions used by enterprises in our ecosystem to networks where a lot of economic value is staked, we can actually increase the cybersecurity of all of these solutions by making it more expensive to go after them. And frankly speaking, doing that, um, it'd be really hard to do that without this combination of crypto, public blockchains, and staking. Um, and we'll speak more about that, but that's the second point, is we actually use tokens in combination with public blockchains to boost cybersecurity through staking. So we'll speak more about that. Now, finally, the third kind of way that we really use Web3 and blockchain, and I need to be careful here because um, this is the newest concept, but um, and I get really excited <laughs> talking about it and I need to slow down, but basically um, we use blockchains and decentralized tech architectures to launch uh, what we are now officially calling green proof networks. And for my seat, this is probably the most compelling use of Web3 tech for enterprises in any sector, not just energy, um, that we've found since I started Energy Web in 2017, this concept of these green proof networks. So I'd actually like to spend just a second explaining how these work, because this is a new concept for our ecosystem, but it's really important because it's gonna be a big focus for us this year. So basically, each one of these green proof networks um, is performing what I would call useful work for energy companies. All blockchains perform work, right? They're doing something. The Bitcoin network is performing the work of securing the Bitcoin blockchain. The energy web chain is sealing blocks that energy companies put data and other information into. What I'm talking about here is greenproof networks that perform specific work that can be tailored to different use cases. Um, so basically, each one of these individual greenproof networks, they're comprised of a number of decentralized nodes that are running a shared protocol that executes a specific business function. Let me give two examples tied directly to um, solutions that are running in the field today. So the first one is this concept of 24-7 matched renewables. So before the tech, just what does that mean? Lots of big corporates are moving to a world in which they want their electric consumption to be covered by renewables 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that might sound obvious to some of our listeners, but the way that many corporates um, decarbonize their electric load right now is they buy these things called certificates that represent units of energy produced by a power plant somewhere in the world. And basically at the end of the year, and I'm grossly simplifying, if there's any ESG consultants on the line right now, they're going to roast me for this, but that's okay. Um, they basically say our business used this many units of energy for the year, and we've purchased this many certificates. Thank you very much, right? This 24 seven world's totally different. Imagine if you could see a business and they could show every five minutes exactly how much electricity they were using and where renewables for that use was coming from. A battery over here, a solar panel over here, a wind turbine over here. So this concept of 24 seven matching is becoming quite popular. Here's the trick. Most of the time, those 24 seven solutions, how do you know? that that matching is taking place? How do you know that that data center is actually being powered by those different power plants besides a dashboard on a website that's controlled by some large internet company? You, you can't verify that. That's where this green proof network comes in. 
So what we've done is taken that 24-7 concept, and now the matching is being performed. So the matching between generators, renewable energy generators over here, and businesses with electric load over here, that matching is being conducted by one of these greenproof networks. So now um, you can actually see the proof about where all of that renewable energy matching is taking place by looking at this greenproof network. So again, the work in that example is these nodes that, by the way, and we'll explain this in a minute, have staked energy web tokens. They are performing work, in this case, matching 24-7 renewables. Um, and it's being performed by that greenproof network, and an enterprise is paying for it. So that's that's kind of the concept. So Jesse, is each of these greenproofs networks a new blockchain? Like, how many of them will will there be? So that's a really good question. Each greenproof network performing specific useful work, and I just named one example, right? Um, they're not individual blockchains, but they are really similar conceptually, and that's because each network is a collection of nodes that are running the same protocol. Again, like think Bitcoin nodes that are performing proof of work mining for the Bitcoin network, very similar concept. It's not a blockchain, but all of these different nodes are performing specific useful work that solves a business problem in our ecosystem. Now, each of these nodes are anchored to a blockchain, right? And they are staking tokens in order to be trusted, but it's not an individual blockchain, yeah. And we have line of sight to about um, four different greenproof networks based on our requirements we've gathered from the ecosystem. Uh, I named one example, it's that 24-7 matching, right? Um, but by the end of this year, our vision is that we want to enable any business, uh, not just EnergyWeb, for has an idea about how that network can be used. We want to enable them to launch their own greenproof network. So if you're an EnergyWeb member, you're an EnergyWeb customer, and you say, wow, I need the verifiability and auditability of one of these greenproof networks, but I'm performing some slightly different work than that 24-7 use case, they'll actually be able to launch their own greenproof network that other people can come in, stake tokens, and perform some of that work and get rewards. So that's kind of the vision. They're not individual blockchains, but they're decentralized networks of nodes performing useful work for businesses. And, and what do these greenproof networks have to do with the latest blockchain coming to the energy web ecosystem, like Energy Web X? Is there a connection? Awesome question. Yeah, yeah, yes. And, and we'll spend some more time on Energy Web X here. Um, so just to clarify confusion, Energy Web X and these greenproof networks are two sides of the same coin, no pun intended. Yeah. So they're, they're really um, two pieces of technology focused on bringing to market a single concept. And the reason why is we need the Energy Web X blockchain to anchor all of these different greenproof networks. Um, and this is why, in particular, we're looking at using substrate technology to do this. If you look at the existing Energy Web chain, um, it would be quite difficult to deploy um, multiple non blockchain validator networks and have all of those networks um, trusted and agreed upon by the existing um, validators of the energy web chain. And that's a, just a technology limitation about how Ethereum works right now, because the energy web chain is a clone of Ethereum. If you look at Substrate and the way that that technology works with different uh, combinations of these pallets and off-chain workers, it is built to support what I'm describing. It enables us to, for example, enable energy web token holders to actually vote on which greenproof network should go live, right? We don't have that kind of functionality on the Energy Web chain today. So if you think about Energy Web X, think about it as the base 
supporting each one of these individual greenproof networks. Sure. And for folks in this session that just don't necessarily understand what Energy WebEx is, Daniel, let's make sure we just push some documentation in that again, because um, I don't think we're going to have time to go into in extreme detail about exactly what that is. Yes, definitely. So a question I get very often is, is, is Energy Web or the Energy Web chain competing with major blockchains like Solana or Ethereum? Are we like competitors? Are we aiming to get more transactions per second? What is our focus here? I love that question, and I've definitely gotten that a lot. So the, the simple answer is no. Our differentiation as Energy Web in the crypto and Web3 space our are our, our, our um, solutions, not the blockchain underneath them. Um, I'll go further than that. Um, today, everything we run is on the Energy Web chain, right? Just by default. That's how we work with these different businesses. But the way our solutions work, um, the fact that these greenproof networks I described are really becoming the absolute core of our solution, the underlying blockchain that is really relied upon just for trust is frankly mattering less and less. Instead, what matters is the solution and how that solution is paid for, which is why for our ecosystem, the energy web token is increasingly what matters, not necessarily the underlying blockchain. So Jesse, this brings up a bunch of follow-up questions. Can you give an example? Yes. Um, let's just go really specific. So um, two of the biggest solutions that we have deployed are in Australia. There's something called Project Symphony and Project Edge. Um, these are focused on that electricity grid use case that we started this whole session on. So giving utilities and companies that manage things like batteries and solar panels in Australia a shared platform to exchange very close to real-time data in order for all of these assets to be networked together and balance the grid. That's the use case. Um, very little of that application that I just described at a 30,000 meter level happens on a blockchain. You have a lot of messages being sent between these different organizations. You have a lot of data being stored off-chain. You have a greenproof network performing some useful work, which is effectively routing messages to the right um, addresses without revealing private information. That's the use of a greenproof network there. None of that happens on a blockchain, right? Now, what needs to happen on a blockchain? Identities need to be anchored somewhere. Those greenproof nodes need to stake energy web tokens, certainly. Um, but again, the choice of the underlying blockchain for that solution matters less and less, especially as these applications mature over time, even though today Energy Web Chain is our default tool. And actually, you know what? I would take this further. So if you look at other projects in the Web3 space that are using other blockchains, um, once we have robust bridges established between Energy Web ecosystem blockchains and others, I mean, just to name them, like Solana, Polygon, Mainnet Ethereum, Polkadot, um, all of those other ecosystems are going to be able to use our solutions and our technologies. Um, I'll just give a really specific example. We talked about identity earlier. Um, one of the greenproof networks that we've targeted um, is actually has nothing to do with the energy transition. It's that topic of identity resolution. Uh, followers of Energy Web will know that we're really big fans of self-sovereign identity. And we previously talked about um, self-sovereign identity interoperability. There are about 50 different methods to using digital identities in this self-sovereign way. 
one greenproof network that we have in mind is this network that's performing useful work, which is resolving those identities. That's something that we would want to be made available to the entire Web3 and crypto ecosystem, not just our small corner of the universe. So again, all of these solutions that we're bringing to market in the Energy Web ecosystem, um, they're powered by the Energy Web token, but with those bridges in place, anybody from these other ecosystems can come in and get value out of those services. That's the vision we're trying to move towards. And in order to use these services, they still need to stake the Energy Web token, correct? Totally. Totally. So, I mean, we're moving to this world where you can hear me saying like the underlying blockchains, you know, it actually matters a little bit less about which ones are being used. Um, I, I got a question the other day from somebody on our team even, which is how do you maintain momentum in an ecosystem that looks like that? And you just said it, Daniel, it's all about the token. It's all about the token. So in the examples I described this far, those solutions require one of these green proof networks. We talked about 24 seven matching. In Australia, those market participants are using a greenproof network, again, to route messages without disclosing um, private information. Identity resolution is also going to be powered by a greenproof network. Um, and the model we're moving to is pretty simple. So those networks, if you want to use them, you have to pay something, and we described this before, called a network charge. Right. So basically what happens, you got an enterprise user over here. Uh, they're using one of these solutions. Um, and they have to pay for those solutions. And that includes paying these network charges that need to be paid in order for a greenproof network to run. Network charges are paid using good old fashioned fiat currencies. Daniel, you and I, I feel like have war wounds trying to get enterprises in our ecosystem to pay with energy web tokens, Bitcoin, stable, whatever. Really painful for enterprises to have to deal with crypto for a payment kind of solution. So instead, again, businesses, pay fiat currencies to use these solutions. Some of that currency is used to pay these network charges. And those network charges are used to, as we've described in previous posts, go to open markets where there's energy web tokens out there on exchanges, pull those tokens off of the exchange, and then restake them to the energy web network. And by the way, with that design, where you have revenues coming in, tokens coming off of a network and being restaked, we get a big cybersecurity benefit there because this work that's being performed by those network of nodes, they've staked tokens. And that's a much more secure setup than, for example, um, having one centralized entity ingest all of this data from all of these different energy companies, perform work in a black box, and then spit out the result. That's what we're trying to move away from. So we're basically getting the same end result, but with a much more cyber secure uh, architecture that will also um, produce lower costs for some of these enterprise users. And Jesse, who is going to run these nodes? The enterprises or anyone? So the vision here is anyone, anyone, right? And this is very different than some of how some of our solutions are architected now. But really our vision is for these greenproof networks performing useful work to be fully decentralized, yeah? So for example, if you have energy web tokens, you can stake them and run these nodes. You'll be able to do so through some combination of desktop applications, maybe mobile applications, and then also via cloud marketplace subscriptions. Um, I mean, let me just give an example. Um, the, the user experience we're trying to craft here is so that somebody could go to, if we take the web app version, a portal, and you will be able to connect a wallet, you'll be able to stake your tokens, and you will be given the ability to then run one of these greenproof networks. And you'll even be able to pick. So maybe in the user interface, you've got four different options. 
I want to support 24-7 renewable energy um, matching. I want to support um, this use case that I described in Australia. You know what? I'm not even interested in sustainability. I want to support this identity resolution piece that is all about Web3 and crypto. So you'll be able to pick which one of those you want to stake against, and then you will start earning rewards for your staking there. And again, the user experience, we're trying to create multiple paths. Um, a web app, mobile app, desktop app, uh, cloud marketplace subscriptions. Um, so that's what it could look like. And, and by the way, we've already built the hard part of this. I should probably say that. Um, these green proof networks that are performing the useful work, we have two of them running in the field now. Um, so we know it works and those have real enterprise users. What we haven't built and that the team's working on now is really the, a very easy and secure user experience for all of us to be able to stake these tokens and, and perform this. As you might imagine, there's um, pretty significant security um, audit that needs to take place in order for all of the staking to take place with all of these different nodes. So the primary piece of work on our end that needs to be done here is that piece that enables people to seamlessly stake against these green proof networks. So the worker nodes are not just an idea, we already built it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, the staking pools that have been running for the past 18 months or so, that's all leading to this. That was all about getting our community comfortable with decentralized identifiers and using those to be permission to stake. It was all about these different pools with different reward structures. So now that we've built that infrastructure, everything is leading to exactly what we've spent the, this session talking about, which is this Greenproof Networks. And Jesse, is this something the members are looking for? Like, why are we moving towards this multi-chain endorsement? Yeah. So, I mean, look, today we don't get a ton of pushback when a new enterprise comes in and we say, hey, by the way, the default chain is going to be the energy web chain. Nobody's kind of jumping up and down and saying that, nope, I can't do that for one reason or another. But if I'm looking forward even one, two years, in my opinion, as somebody who's been kind of working at the nexus of enterprising crypto for five years, any project or Web3 um, community that's focused on enterprise adoption and they're not going multi-chain are being very naive. And the reason is quite simple. Um, corporates, Web3, Web2, whatever, do not like vendor or technology lock-in. And that extends to choice of blockchain. Um, and besides, as I described above, a lot of the work um, really in our world um, is all about stuff that happens off-chain. So less and less that under blockchain, um, you know, how do I say this? I, I really, we don't want to be in a position forcing a customer to use a specific blockchain. That would be like forcing them to use a specific kind of data storage or a single cloud vendor. It just doesn't make good business sense. And again, for any company that's trying to onboard enterprises to Web3 tech and only designing their solution around a single blockchain, I do not see how that's going to succeed. I don't see how that's going to succeed. So really, this multi-chain approach is looking ahead and trying to focus on maximizing enterprise adoption of our solutions. So one of the comments we are getting right now live in the channel is, so do we need blockchains? Uh, and are we sure we need the blockchains? Or can you, can you, make, can you explain again why blockchain is 100% necessary? Because the way I'm understanding the story is, the blockchain doesn't matter. So even if an enterprise wants to use our solution on different blockchain, like you mentioned, Ethereum, Mainnet, or Solana, they can do it. So basically we are making our customer base bigger and bigger. Is that correct? Absolutely, exactly. And then there's a key differentiation there. Um, I'm saying the, the selection of public blockchain that is used for some of these functions, anchoring identity in particular, matters less and less. 
that doesn't mean that blockchain is not useful for that use case. It just means that the selection of that underlying blockchain. And I mean, I'll just, let's take a really specific example. If I walk in to a new energy company and I'm pitching them as the CEO of Energy Web to stand up one of these two solutions that we talked about, um, and I can say, hey, we have this default blockchain over here, the Energy Web chain, but you know what? We also can build on any blockchain that's out there. We can anchor identity on any blockchain that's out there. We have these green proof networks that can be used. That's a much better pitch than coming in and saying, hey, got to use the Energy Web chain, have to use this kind of data storage function. It just doesn't, it, it really um, gives us a bigger quiver of arrows when we're approaching enterprise customers. So that's kind of the environment we're trying to create here. Awesome. So you mentioned it earlier, but let's visit it one more time. Can you give us an update on when we are aiming to launch Energy Web X? Is it still for 2023 or has anything changed? Still on track for this year. Absolutely. The delay is all about bringing together Energy Web X and these green proof networks. We have to get this right because we this isn't something where we really want to necessarily continue evolving the core concept. These green proof networks, this is the killer app in Web3. The identity piece is really important. Using blockchains in that kind of standard way to create NFTs, other kinds of tokens to represent real world things. Sure, we do that too. It's interesting. We need blockchains to stake tokens. But this concept, using decentralized networks to perform specific work for businesses and work that shouldn't be done in a centralized way, that's the killer application. So we need to make sure we bring this to market right. We're still on track to do that this year, certainly, this pairing of the Greenproof Networks and Energy Web X. Um, so that's what we're focused on. And could you give us an update on the token economics of Energy Web X? Do we already know how many tokens are required to use our solutions and how many of them would be used to buy back Energy Web from the open exchange? Yes, great questions. Um, so we're not today ready to announce staking thresholds, specific pricing of those network charges, or even the specific um, planned amounts that we think will be, be coming out of the protocol in terms of awards. That's that's not prepared. Um, but we have revised our thinking on this point in order to drive maximum value to the community. So what I mean is initially our vision was that some of these network charges would actually be converted to something like a stable coin and passed back to validators on this combination of Energy WebEx and the Greenproof networks. Um, but instead, we just don't think that makes sense. All of this network charge revenue is now going to be going back towards Energy Web Token. So all of these enterprise revenues are focused on um, pulling Energy Web Tokens off of exchanges and restaking them to the network. And, and let me maybe make it really simple, Daniel. You and I were talking about this the other day. Um, in the future, we're talking about, right, if you stake Energy Web Tokens to run a node on one of these Greenproof networks, the protocol would award you in, in two ways. So first, there will be some community fund awards, just like we have right now. So a basic award coming from these pools to incentivize and bootstrap these different Greenproof networks. Second, over time, enterprise revenues are coming in to pay those network charges. And that's where that additional revenue, again, from a staker perspective, comes from with EWT coming off of exchanges and back to you as a staker. So that's the way to think about where revenue is going to come from in these two things. One looks and feels like an inflationary award because it's coming from the community fund. But the other, and that's what we think the, the real growth opportunity is over the medium to long term, is enterprise revenues coming into these greenproof networks. So 100% will go back to the stakers. That's basically what yeah. you said, right? Yeah. Yes. 
and Vodian Edge Web XP uh, like user proof of stake consensus, like who are the validators, how can validators interact with the chain and solutions, and are they also required to stake Energy Web tokens? Energy WebEx, indeed. Proof of stake blockchain where validators will need to stake EWT to become a part of the network. Our, our vision, speaking from the foundation side, although this is going to be a community discussion, and indeed it's not even our decision, this is something that, that we need community input on and the proof of authority validators on the existing Energy Web chain. The vision here is maximal decentralization in order to increase the security of all solutions using a green proof network, right? I think the question to be sorted out, and it's more of a token economic question, is if you have staked Energy WebEx validators and you also have all these green proof validators out there on different networks, where, do, where should the awards be going, right? So the distribution of awards across all these different validators, that's the big thing that needs to be thought through. And that's what our team's um, coming up with proposals on as we speak. So right now, I, I know you just mentioned it, but right now the Energy Web Community Fund is kind of bootstrapping the staking rewards, which eventually increases the supply of tokens. Yep. With this model you just described, we would have less or maybe no inflation in the, run, in the, in the long run as the rewards will come from these real enterprises. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, Let's break it apart just for a second, because I think you're that's you're onto something really interesting. And I haven't seen this in Web3 yet. And so we're trying to pull it off. Inflationary awards, in our case, the community fund, um, they have continued to play a key role in getting this vision off the ground. And I think the community understands this, but just to reiterate, if we can bring these greenproof networks live and use inflationary awards to bring them live and make it available almost free for these enterprises to use. That's our go-to-market, right? It's almost a freemium model. But indeed, as you said, Daniel, over time, if enough enterprise users are paying network charges for the work that's performed by these networks, you don't need inflationary awards anymore because you actually have enterprises paying revenue into this thing as an incentive for stakers to run these nodes. So that's definitely what we're trying to move towards. So all these, all the solutions we just discussed, like, EWX and Green Plus Web Breaker Notes, which means potentially dozens of staking opportunities over time will come. So how can we track the activity and work in those? Will there be something like a marketplace or Energy Web App Store or X, all things application? Some combination of a marketplace and app store is the right thing to have in mind. I described it earlier, but again, um, I mean, the mobile app, if we can pull that off, would be extremely interesting. Being able to pull up that app and then see a number of different greenproof networks that you can then um, sign transactions from your DID and then stake Energy Web tokens in order to support that network. Uh, that's amazing. Um, so that that's the kind of user experience that we're trying to create is to enable Energy Web token holders to stake from multiple different places to power these greenproof networks. So Jesse, one question, one live question here. Are we talking about maximizing the decentralization here? Definitely, 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 definitely. The more decentralized we can make Energy Web X, the more decentralized we can make the nodes running these green proof networks, the more secure all of these solutions are, right? That's the big difference from a security perspective for all these Web3 architectures versus the Web2 architectures. If you're an enterprise and you're using a green proof network to get your proof that renewables were matched between one side and the other versus um, a single centralized database that's uh, maintained by a single administrator, the more decentralized that greenproof network is, 
the more secure and therefore the more valuable the data coming from that network is. So yes, um, that's definitely the theme. And as Energy Web Solutions right now are getting ready to be used by real enterprises, do we expect our ecosystem to grow this year? Always, always, always. I mean, that's uh, that's part of, if not the majority of my job is getting out there, talking to new businesses, bringing new players into the ecosystem, certainly. And in fact, we have a couple of new members that have yet to be announced that we're really excited by. And then even more important is going to be when companies in our ecosystem launch production solutions using the Energy Web stack. Those are the solutions that will really be leaning on some of these different greenproof networks. And frankly, that's one of the most important signs of adoption for our community. And Jesse, just to go back, can you tell us a little bit more about the new members? Like, are these large enterprises or? Unfortunately, I can't name names, but let's say um, these are large businesses and brands that uh, everybody's going to know. Oh, I'll, I'll have to leave it there for now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's talk about Energy Web's board members. So recently we have seen that John Crates is the new CEO for our mic, which is very exciting. Um, Let's definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, from, from my side, it's great to see John take the mantle at RMI. He's been a mentor and colleague for almost 10 years. He and I work together closely at RMI. Um, and just in general, RMI has been a great partner for the some of the go-to-market for some of these solutions. And I mean, on the, the, the board, um, we do have some movement happening. And I, on this, I can't announce anything quite yet. But we um, do have line of sight to some new candidates for the Foundation Council uh, that I think are going to bring major value into our ecosystem. So we'll make sure we keep the community appraised and everything is confirmed. But um, in myself and with John, we are looking at um, bringing some new talent into the Foundation Council, which I think is coming at a great moment for the ecosystem. Awesome. So let's let's go to the most asked question, um, I think, of the past decade. Let's talk about exchanges. Ah, yes. <laughs> so we have just seen some activity and interest from several exchanges, and I guess there was a Bittrex US listing. Are we still talking to exchanges or how does that work? Of course, of course, always weekly basis speaking with multiple different exchanges. I mean, look, if we want this greenproof network concept to actually be adopted at enterprise scale, and we want it to be maximally decentralized, like somebody from the community just asked, we need to make it easy for individuals in almost every geography on the planet to access and stake energy web tokens. The more exchanges, the better. And believe me, I wish it could go faster, but at the end of the day, these businesses are making their own decisions and they have their own processes. It also doesn't help that, I mean, everybody's probably following the news that in this bear market, these exchanges have been hit hard. Big staff layoffs, completely overwhelmed engineering departments. So we're razor focused on it as an organization, but, um, at the end of the day, it's their own business processes. So last question, this brings us to our last question. Um, who do you think we should invite next to be mm. one of those energy web behind the scenes series? I, nobody from the board has really come front and center yet. Right. Is that, Correct. is that right? Yes. Yeah. I think it's time to start lining up some of these folks from the energy web foundation council. Um, you know, in particular, if I look all the way back to 2016 with the person who first told me to buy Ether when it was at $4, which I didn't and I should have, um, that's got to be Ed. So Ed Hess from Grid Singularity, who's one of the co-founders of the Energy Web Foundation. I think he'd be an awesome guest. He's been with us since the beginning, and he really remains active at this nexus of climate and uh, Web3. So that'd be my recommendation. Awesome. So that's it. Thank you so much for your time.
if any questions are unanswered, feel free to ask them in our channels. And um, yeah, let's reach out to Ed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, everyone.